The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Hello and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your guest host today, Ed Lucy, and my guest is Ward 7 Councilor Christopher Simonelli. Glad you have me aboard. It's a pleasure, Ed. Always. Before I get to the heavy-duty stuff with Chris, I'd like to make some a few um, public announcements. One is that on the f- um, coming up on what day is this now? Let me see here. May 20th, from 10 a.m. to noontime, at the Malden Center Fire Station, which is right across the street from the Malden High School, Malden's going to make available um, vaccinations for dogs and cats. Oh, that's cool. And uh, they've done it in the past from, for years. Also, uh, this year, they're, they're not only doing it for Malden residents, which was just a standard before, they're now going to be accommodating people who don't live in Malden Good. who are interested in, in, in having their animal, their pets, uh, in, uh, inoculated with uh, for rabies. Nice. And uh, it's only $15, and uh, it's, a, it's a community service, and uh, the preference is if you, if you uh, the dogs must be on leashes and the cats must be in, ca- in carriers, and masks are optional, but the, the thing is that we, they're concerned about to uh, c- continue separating yourself from the people in front of you. So anyway, that's on May 20th. It's from 10, 10 a.m. to 12 o'clock, and it's uh, under the supervision of Marlins, uh Control officer, Kevin Alkins. Kevin Alkins, right? And Best control officer in the state. That's, right? what, that's what he says. That's what he told me. Yeah, I believe yeah, it. Yeah, and I self praise it. is no praise, tell him. <laughs> but in any event, um, hard worker. Kevin. Is the first annual spring craft fair is is Saturday this coming Saturday? Yeah. And it's at six thirty Salem Street, from which is a senior center, which is from nine a.m. to two p.m. And it's the side entrance on Columbia Street where you enter the building. It's a, they have a white elephant's table, and um, there's coffee and muffins for, for a small fee. And the, you're there, you can do two, one or two things. You can go there as a, as with your own crafts uh, to sell. And for you start off with um, coffee there, yep. small amount, as far as the cheap fee goes. And it's $20 to set up a table. And if you're not there to... To sell, then you might be there to buy, and those give you a chance to, for the public to go in and also to survey the um, the craft fair and maybe find something that they need to decorate their home or perhaps just give it out a gift to somebody. You going? I'll have it on the list. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> yes. And also now uh, there's going to be a renewal art show, which is uh, uh, under, the, under the supervision of the com- Competitive Mall is proud to present renewal and art ex- exhibit featuring artwork from artists in the near Malden, and it runs from May 16th to June 9th. Um, the complication is that you had to sign up by the 16th of April, but in the meantime, if you know anybody at the Malden Cultural Council, uh, maybe they, they're still accepting people late entries, but in any event, you might be a, a person you might be wanting to go, and it's... Uh, it, it, it's open at 350 Main Street, which is uh, the, the um, library. Yeah. And um, no, that can't be right. 350. The exhibit opens at 350 Main Street on May 16th and is accessible during regular business hours. Additionally, the public is invited to meet with artists and purchase original artwork mm. at the closing reception on Friday, June 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. The ex- exhibition and receptions are open to the public and suitable for all ages. So, I mean, that's something that you might be interested in. And we'll save that for a little while. And the final one I have, at least to start with, that is this coming Saturday from 2 to 4, 
there's a program at the wa at the library, and it's it's kind of an interesting one, not known by a lot of people, even those people who take an interest in in things that have happened in America over the years. Justice denies is is the topic, and it tells the story of a Japanese incarceration during the World War II. Um, that's part of my history that people don't want to talk about very often, but. When Pearl Harbor occurred, there was a huge amount of uh, residents on, on the east coast of the United States, excuse me, west, west coast of the United States, were of Japanese origin, but a lot of them were citizens of the U.S., right. but there was a total of about 120,000, and because of the panic caused by the attack on Pearl Harbor, the government um, made a decision to relocate those people, forcibly to relocate them, and by virtue of the law at that time and the rules that were in place, um, they literally were in, sent to, uh, to new areas in the midway, in the mountain areas of the United States, unfamiliar to them. They gave up; they had forced to give up their home, their businesses, and bring the, the whole family to, uh, to uh, an area that they weren't familiar with. And a lot of them were uh, citizens of the United States, and the concern was that some of their family members ser served in the service at the same did. time was happening. Well, not only that, but um, there's another part of that which Chris just mentioned that. Uh, in any event, the point was that eventually the courts ruled that it was unconstitutional. It sure was. But it was long after the deed was done. But this is a this discussion is at the, at the Malden Library, and this is coming Saturday, and it's from two to four. And the Malden Read is um, is promoting a book this year for for reading recommended to all of us. It's called "They Call Us Enemies," and it's, it's by George Tuckle, who is a graphic mem memory memoirs which tells the story of Japanese, his family experienced the internship during World War II. So any, in any event, it's a very informative. It's something that maybe if you had the time to Saturday at 2 to 4 at the library, and uh, it throws light on a, on a subject that's been very sensitive for many years because uh, I don't think they've ever been compensated, to my knowledge, of uh, all, all the losses. We've, you know, they talk right. about reparations for people whose family go, history go back to slavery. And there's been other types of programs like that been initiated or at least been proposed. But I don't th think, to my, my knowledge, that th there's ever been a uh, settlement made with all these Japanese people who were Americans. And Chris mentioned about the, a lot of the ones of, of military age, um, well, rather than being in, put in these camps in the, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness, so to speak, uh, yeah. they volunteered to, to serve their country in the, in, in the military. Right. And interesting enough, and statistically enough, the Japanese regimental combat team that fought in Europe and not in the, not in the Asian part of the war had the highest casualty rate and most decorations I think, yeah. of any any group. So <laughs> they were they were good citizens. And anyway, um, Chris is, of course being a Ward Seven counselor, y you have a a lot of things you do equally. You have to the people that aren't totally familiar with the process. There are eleven city councilors. Eight of them uh, represent wards, one through eight, and then there are three that um, run at large, which is, means that they, they run, and the people in eight wards vote for the at-large three, but on the instances of ward council, you only vote for the people that are uh, registered to vote in, in the ward that you live in. In Chris's case, um, he, he's ward seven, which is that area which would be... Uh, the old Suffolk Square. Yeah, borders, borders Everett. I yeah. tell people yeah. it's, uh, you know, right off of Route 60. I try and give them landmarks. <laughs> yeah, uh, just give a quick background um, politically. Um, your, your, how many terms did you serve when you first were on the council? Because you had an interrupted career on the city council. How many terms did you serve initially? Five. 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 Then you. Then you um, you, when you you replaced Neil Anderson, and then when you left, he replaced you. Correct. And how many did he serve after that? Jeez, he must have served six. And, and, six. And you, I think six before me too. We were, yeah. Right. You, I think at least, maybe yeah. more than that. Yeah. 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 But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was kind of been a handoff back and forth for the last forty years, I think, yeah. between him and I. <laughs> one one other part of. Uh, Political trivia: um, uh, When Chris first ran, um, the elections were much more intense. I think locally yeah. for a lot of different reasons, um, and more to do with the people that lived here at the time uh, were oftentimes long-term residents, and, and there was more issues that dealt maybe with the difficulties of 
budgeting out the city's uh, requirements because of the, the state oftentimes in those days struggled to yep. give enough money out to, to, you know, to do what they had to do with the towns, had to do with the, the uh, schools and the police and the public safety and on and on and on. So uh, when he first was elected, there were four in the primary. Yeah. And of the four, um, Chris finished second. But the total of his vote and the other two who who didn't make the, the cut were more than the one who was in office who was Neil Anderson. That's correct. And so Chris was elected in November, partly, I think, probably at that time, because the two people that didn't win or didn't get nominated ended up, I think, supporting him and for their own reasons. And ironically, when Chris left the Ward 7 seat, the, uh, the one he ran against came back and got elected, and, and he just... Didn't run this past year, and Chris came back in, so it's like a musical <laughs> you know, chairs. That's right. That's correct. <laughs> yes, musical chairs. Yeah, We're right. actually friends. We, uh, you know, we became friends during this whole thing. And when I was in office, and uh, then when he was in office, you know, we kind of bounce things off each other. And uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for anybody that's you know served like that many times uh, in government. You know, you gotta have, you know, you gotta take your hat off. To somebody that's been a lifetime in, in, in government, public service, because it's not easy, that's for sure. Well, getting back to your situation now, having been a, been away from it for over 10 years, now you go back in, <laughs> is it much different the way the, the, the com complex complexity of government occurs now versus what it was at that time? Yes. Because you only have, what, maybe two people in the council now were there when you were the, the first time around? Yes, you're yeah. correct. Good memory. Great yeah. memory. Great memory, Ed. Yeah, the What's your uh, name again? <laughs> Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was it was um it was a learning experience. It still is. It's my first term, second year, my first term. And uh I'll tell you what what's helpful on the positive things is that there's a lot more money right now out there than there was uh during my tenure from like ninety eight to two thousand and eight. There just seems to be a lot of money out there. They have the APA funded money there. They've got people doing grants and grant writing a lot more than they did. Uh, so they're getting uh, different fundings from different sources. Um, and, I, and the needs for people, I think, has changed too. Ed, I, we have a lot of, you know, a lot of foreigners are coming into this country. I mean, it's, it's the United States of America. It's a melting pot, and you know, every so often, there's a certain amount of. Uh, of, of people from different backgrounds, you know, moving into the country, coming into the country. Uh, we did it as Italians and Irish and, and the Jewish community, and now it's changed a little bit more. And I think during the time of COVID, I think people paid attention a little bit more. I think we probably all watched the news a little bit more than we probably should have. But I think it was like an eye-opening experience that people, you know, are more involved right now. Uh, and, and, you know, you have like in Malden, for example, you know, you have, you know, people that, you know, have been here for a long time, you know, that have all the memories. And then you've got new people moving in that have new ideas. Uh, so, yeah, it was a learning experience to try and like, you know, get a balance, uh, you know, of, of what you're dealing with uh, on the council this time around. But what I will say was helped me a lot on this one is that. Having that 10-year experience in the past, you know, I looked at it like with my situation anyway that, you know, I'm grateful and lucky enough to be able to have this opportunity. So I kind of go into it now with having some fun. And, you know, my, my number one thing is like trying to get the community uh, together now that, you know, COVID's kind of lifted a little bit and people can kind of go out again and do some things. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to grab all this money that's out there. I call it floating in the iCloud. That's how I call it. People laugh all the time at me. I said, hey, give me some of that money. Floating in the cloud. Floating in the cloud, all this different kinds of money. And all the communities have gotten it, you know. And Marlins doing a great job with it. They're putting it where they need to. I mean, I give thumbs up to the mayor and his team. They, uh... You know, doing a good job out there, you know. Uh, it's not easy. It's, it's definitely not easy. But, you know, we're working on a multitude of different things in the neighborhood. Uh, and, you know, I, I do. I feel grateful being able to do those things. You got uh, Kirstead Park, 
getting a makeover, two point two million dollars over there. What is, gonna, what is that going to go towards? That that with that much money in one location? Well, we're going to do the ball. Field. Everything's expensive nowadays, Ed. I, I, you know, I don't understand it either because I know if me and you did it, we probably could do it for a million dollars. Well, is but, the turf an issue there? Is that where the controversy is? About the turf? No, that's the that's the. Uh, that's Roosevelt. That's okay. not in my ward. Yeah. I kind of stayed out of that fight coming into office. That thing was already pretty much decided before I uh, got in office. But I'm not afraid to talk about it. I think the issue is with that is that you know you have some a group of folks. Uh, I was just happened during the Fairway Green saga. You you got a you got folks that you know want to keep grass and for all the different reasons. You know, I mean people. Uh, are more involved nowadays, so they look at the different maps that they're printing out. I mean, they showed me them when I first got in office about hot zones and where the hot zones are and stuff like that. So I, I get it. You know, I understand the, I, the concern. And we got to start being a little bit more uh, concerned about our environment and, you know, uh, how we can... Uh, change the greenhouse effect that has already been taking place. I mean, those things are for real, and uh, we got to take a look at those things, but I think we can do it by planting more trees. I think we can do it by not allowing people to kind of hot top or cement all around their property so they, they have... Uh, you know, they can utilize it for driveway space because everybody needs it for driveway space. So, you know... I could see, I could see the argument. And then on the other side of that is, you know, the turf. You know, you do need, you need turf fields. You definitely need turf fields for, because now we're talking about people coming from other countries. Their major sport is, is soccer. And, you know, you, know, you, you, can't, you, you, you can't have the league constantly on a field of grass playing soccer or some of these other sports that's running back and forth with the cleats on it. I mean, you're just going to end up with a dust bowl. Or you're gonna end up with if it's sprinkled, you're gonna end up with uh, a you know a mud bath. So well, actually, that that issue hasn't been resolved yet, has it? Are they still. Doing? I, well, I think it is. It is just they they, they uh, we had a we had a meeting on it again last night. I, you know, I think that you know a few a couple of the counselors want to see the learn the verses. You know, what versus grass versus uh, uh, the turf. Uh, one of the things you had mentioned a bit earlier was about the, the money. It's ironic that uh, the uh, recent years with the, with the coronavirus has impacted lives so, so directly and in difficult situations for many people. The government in its, in its effort to kind of boost the economy has, through the stimulus packages that were initiated from Washington, they submitted, uh, they forwarded through the state and filtered down to the communities more money than they usually gave, oh, significant on, more money. Yeah. Now it winds up that states have ended up with surpluses because of all the extra money that they didn't anticipate receiving, and they and they currently they're not going to get it again. No, future, no, no, they, that's it. That's a one-time thing. Of, you yeah, know, yeah. they talk about the seven lean years and the seven years of plenty, <laughs> but in reality, the, the yeah. stimulus package that occurred because of the coronavirus, in in some ways, made made the. Uh, the governmental process a lot easier in, in, in states, whether they're in New England or in the far west, there's a, there, there was a lot more money coming in. As a matter of fact, um, you, you sometimes see in the newspapers where communities have a deadline and, 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 and dispersing funds that's they right. received, and they that's get right. to the end, and they have a, they still got the money, and they, they might lose it. Because that's they correct. You don't get rid of it. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I, honestly, I think legislate. You know, it's the legislative body. I don't want to tell them what to do, but you know, they should probably take that up at some time, at some point in time, and. Uh, see if they can uh, pass, give an extension of some sort, maybe. Uh, because, you know, when you get all that money, the problem is you get that money and then it comes with a booklet about this thick of what you can do and what you can't do with it. And then they're changing it, too, uh, throughout the year as well because they're seeing that by that type of language, they're not able to spend that kind of money the way they would like to. So... You know, a lot of that is going on. But overall, I answer your question, and I mean, yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of money out there, and, you know, it's, it, it's easier to get and to do projects. Like, you know, when you're doing a park, for example, you know, I remember when I was on the council my last time, you know, the only way you were going to be able to get money to do the park over was community development block grant money. 
and, and maybe if you had a couple of uh, good grant writers or something that can get you some money for parks or green space or something like that, and maybe a little bit of whatever is left over from the general fund once it's all divided up in a pie. And if you don't live in the district of the CDBG funds, you don't even get that. So, you know, to build a park, for example, like Lincoln Commons, you know, we had to take out a 108 loan. That's the other. Other than the CDBG, you can take out a 108 loan. And, uh, but there's, there's rules and regulations on doing that. But those were the only ways of getting money, or less like with the skateboard park. I kind of went out there and uh, went, went after the businesses. I think even your business, I, I know your business donated to, towards it, to put the equipment in the skate park uh, for the kids back then. and Because uh, there was no money to be had. That's the one that's named after you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the name, Simonelli Skate Park. I can't even ride a skateboard. Yeah, that's. By the way, that CBDG money is Community Development Block Grants. I think. Thank you. You're right. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. But uh, the the what's you had a pancake breakfast recently? Yeah, we had a uh, Easter pancake breakfast at the DAV. Worked out very nice. Uh, you know, we did some giveaways with some Easter baskets, and the Easter bunny was there, and the kids could sit on the lap and take pictures. And, you know, we dressed up the hall very nicely. People really worked hard. I thank all the volunteers that helped out, neighborhood people. But you know what, Ed? It was a great time, and it's what is needed, is to be able to go out in the community and do community things. You know, like we, we do the 4th of July uh, you know, a lot, some of us do like Halloween parties. I'm probably like the party king these days. Uh, but I, again, that was like one of my messages when I was knocking on doors this last time. And I knocked on doors like four times. I went around, and you know, you get to know the people, you get to know the neighborhood when you start doing that. And then you, you know, if you got ideas, you can kind of, you know, put them into um, put them into action. And uh, I just saw that people needed to get out, meet their neighbor, know who their neighbor is, know who the neighbor is on the next street. So the next time that you're driving to work one morning and he's taking out his trash, you guys can beep and wave to each other and stuff. And that's what, that's what a community is. That's what my neighborhood is anyway. And, you know, it, it, and the only way that you can do that is to have community events. So people come out and, and kind of enjoy themselves and meet everybody and... Well, that's a kind of a, a positive approach. Interesting enough, I recall, uh, not to con- maybe go back in history but too often, but I recall when there were blizzards years ago. Yeah. Just to pinpoint one, we'll do one that was more, uh, show you how long ago. That was uh, Michael Dukakis. Was, 78, the blizzard uh, of 78. Right. Yeah, I remember that. And um, what I remember about that was literally the city was snowbound. There was Public transportation was minimized. You couldn't, people couldn't go to work even if they wanted to go to no, work. No, that was, was a big Obviously one. not like today where you could work remote. You either went to work or you didn't go in. Right. And uh, But what I, f- I think happened, even in my own neighborhood, people outside now because they, they either you stayed in the house or you went outside and you shoveled snow or you did all those little outdoor things that maybe improved your, the, the, uh, the snow problem. And uh, people did interact. But I, I, I think, too, that... Uh, Maybe when the snow had melted and you got to the spring, that things kind of went back to where they were before. Yeah. You still maybe weren't <laughs> as you would maybe a bit more friendly with the neighbors, but you you didn't know a whole lot about them. Right. I, th- I think, and today, um, you mentioned the campaign and door to door. A lot of these campaigns today, at, the, at any level, certainly even at the local level, where the personal touch was so important years ago. Right. People don't do it. Number one is they don't do it because um, uh, the people don't answer doors of strangers. People aren't home because they're working. They're away right. from home during the day. Yep. Um, you can't go at night, certainly in the dark, doing that because you, all you do oh is yeah, intimidate people. Oh, yeah, them right away. Yeah, absolutely. But that, uh, and then those people that uh, even are, are home in some instances, the ones that, that they uh, would be opening the door for are people they expect there who, when they pull up, T- even knowing the door would be locked, that they just take out their iPhone and say, I'm here, and they <laughs> person comes to the door. Now, for instance, uh, uh, more recently, in terms of campaigning, the war four, two elections ago, we had a contested election for a school committee, 
the, the incumbent was elected he, two years later, which was two years ago, he decided not to run again. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, the person who ran and lost the two years previous ran and ran unopposed. So that, <laughs> that was uh, not often the case in the old days. It was uh, no. if you if you ran and there was an incumbent, you, you might, he might have comp or she might have competition, but definitely it, it would be more than one. But I think, like for instance, this year. Uh, as far as I know, all of the councils are pretty much going to run again, and I don't see many many having competitive elections in the September or no, November. No, because I think most of the councils that are in there are kind of new, brand new, and I think people generally like, you know, are good people. They're good enough to like give you a chance and an opportunity to you know spread your wings and see what you can do. You know, first two you know first two years. You know that's you know you know how it is. You you got to start campaigning a year into your office, you know, because it's every two years. So you you know you you got to put together programs for your neighborhood, whether you're doing street sidewalk work, park stuff, programs, which we've got a lot of programs getting ready to start down in the neighborhood or in in the Bowden Apartments area. Wind development has stepped up incredibly over there at it in the last several months they got a outreach coordinator over there now and they're going to have all kinds of uh after school programs or actually it's going to be summertime so it's just going to be youth programs uh we're, we're doing it as a malden collaborative we got uh, uh joe levine uh and his recreation department his programs that we're you know plugging kids in to go to uh we're working on getting some of the kids jobs for the summer so there's a, a lot of stuff happening uh, down in our area where we live right now. And it's not just held to, the good thing about it is, is that it's not just held to just the Bowden Apartments people that live there. It's for the whole neighborhood. So they have a little community room in there. So, they, you know, you can participate in the programs that they're going to have down there throughout the summer. Well, you mentioned now the, the Bowden Street Apartment. They... they uh they're doing. What position life you have there now, as far as uh, dealing with the just the tenants or all the all the young residents of the of the uh, who I do, who I work with and deal with. Yeah, I work with the company. I I live down there, so I moved down there after I was living in my bodega there on Ferry Street right. after the election, right? So uh, I kind of missed that place. It was a good little place in there. But uh, so I, you know, I moved and bought. I know everybody down in there, and I know the management company. I've known them for a long time because when I was city councilor before, I, I was part of bringing them the wind development into buy Bowden Apartments because they were owned by this ministry place in Florida, and they were going belly up, and they owed HUD I think like ten million dollars on doing the roofs, which they never did, and they didn't have the money. So Wind said, "We'll pay it." if HUD releases it so they can buy the project, the, the whole development. And uh, so I've known the management team down there for a long time. And, uh, you know, we've been talking over the winter here and uh, talking about putting programs together to keep the, keep the kids busy. We're going to have some adult programs down there as well. And we've got community policing uh, is going to start soon as school's out. So there'll be two offices assigned to the Bowdoin Street apartment area and, you know, old school, walking the beat, getting out, knowing people. And again, part of my whole thing with campaigning and everything else is to, like, get everybody out, get everybody mingling. And, you know, I think that when you have that and everything, like, crime is down, the place looks better, people care more about their properties uh, when you have a sense of neighborhood. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. It might be a dream, but... Working on it. That name Win. That's a familiar name in management. They, they, were yeah, they, they own like several before? properties. I don't know if they're ever in Marlin, but they got one in Chelsea. They got one in Peabody. They just opened the one in Peabody. Yeah. I think. I think they got one in Cambridge, uh, and I think they have them like all over the world. I think they have them. Well, the other thing uh, now I noticed down in Bowdoin, uh, are they putting the solar heat in? Is that what's going on down there now? Yeah, they they had solar heat. And uh, they now they're doing the roofs over. Right. And they're gonna put the solar heat back on. Was it? They didn't have so whole solar heat before, did they? No. No. But that that's usually uh, uh, where the federally uh, funded uh, apartments. Oftentimes, that money comes in from the government, and that causes the motivator to do it, right. rather than 
a private investor. Right. Doing. Yeah. 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 So, Same with the program. Same with like the after school program. Like they went after monies because, you know, they're partially HUD funded and everything else. And they went out and, and they got, you know, they got a lot of money for a lot of programs to be developed down there in their community room. And then, you know, we're using, like I said, a lot of Malden resources to have like a Malden collaborative uh, type of thing. So we can keep the kids busy and utilize the park space that we have down in our neighborhood. You know, we've got some good park space down there. So, you know, we could do a basketball league, volleyball league, uh, skateboarding tournaments, you know, just uh, doing some outreach, old-fashioned outreach, Ed, going out there and, you know, with the clipboard and, and signing people up for for games and stuff like that. So Now, the parks themselves, don't they have uh, um, young people who kind of uh, uh, are involved in the parks during the summertime for six weeks or whatever? Starting July first, I think they do. I think they have like some young, uh, some young kids uh, come in during like the park, like like go along with like the park lunch thing, right? Yeah. So it's funny you say that because you know I'm I'm looking at like kind of bringing back like some park instructor. I'm just talking about my I'm just talking about my neighborhood too, right? So I'm looking because again, you know how it is that when you go out, you campaign, especially in a neighborhood that you grew up in and live in, right? When you're campaigning, you're getting ideas, too. Like, hey, when I win this thing, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that because you just were talking to this person or that person and you get a heartbeat of the neighborhood, you know? And um, so park instructors, I'd like to see, like... They, they don't have them now? I don't, think, I, don't, I don't know if they have them as park instructors. I, like I said, I witnessed in my neighborhood, they have two, two areas where they give out the park lunches, Lincoln Commons and Miller Park on Harvard Street. And, you know, I be, would be walking through, and, they, yeah, there were people there in charge of giving out the lunches. But, like, I remember when I was a kid and I'd go get a park lunch, they would have inst- park instructors right. there that would be doing arts and crafts. So you got your lunch, you're doing a little bit of arts and crafts, you, you know, you're doing uh, maybe a basketball three-on-three game. Uh, uh, you know, they, they had some things to do, which is great. But I'd like to even add to that by having, like, you know, younger, because they're hiring with the mayor's program, with hiring, you know, the kids for the summer and everything else, they got a great program. The, the girl, Kashana uh, Holly, she actually lives in, in our ward on Essex Street. Fantastic job she does, too. Fantastic job. What's her job? She's in charge of, like, uh, uh, career opportunities, uh you know, putting together these programs. Where are the where are three hundred kids gonna work for the summer? You know. Well, now now is she an employee of the city year round? Yes. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. Yes, and and she even has year round students. You know, having jobs uh, and doing things, which is which is great, which is great. She does a good job. So I I teamed up with her a little bit, and we're talking about like getting because and it's up to twenty five years old. So you can have kids that are up to 25 years old. I mean, Ed, you got a 22, 23-year-old kid. That's pretty good. And then you could put, like, maybe like a, a 15, 16-year-old kid under that person. So now you got two people. And then, look, in the summertime, right, most of the time it's hot all the way up until, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, right? So a lot of times the kids, they don't start getting, mo- getting motivated until, like, later on in the afternoon. But by that time, the park instructors are gone already because they've already done their thing. I think it'd be important to do have park instructors like work like a, a, a twelve to six, or you know what I'm saying, or or, or noon noon to seven uh, at night because that's when all the activities. You have to feed the kids twice. No, I don't think you'd feed him. I don't. You wouldn't feed. No, you wouldn't feed him dinner. Uh, you would just just activities and, and things for the kids to do. And there's a program now down in in place right now down in uh, our area that is going to do all that. Now it's just about getting the word out there and and getting the outreach out there, which I'd like to tap into. You know, some of the mayor's um, uh, youth program kids to actually come down and help do the uh, promoting 
uh, of the program. So parents know that, you know, their kids can join these different programs that are offered through whether it's Joe Levine's program or whether it's the YMCA or the YW because we've got some great resources in the city of Malden, great resources. So and I've always been a person that, like, why, you don't, re, uh, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Use the, use the people that are already doing these type of programs and just bring them in. Well, yeah, right now, um, how far are you progressed with the budget? Is, is the mayor submitted his budget? I haven't council? seen anything. I haven't seen anything on the budget yet. And most of, that, most of the time, you have to wait for the state to finalize their budget in order right. for you to figure out exactly right. the uh, amounts of money you might have. So right now, uh, you're looking towards uh, probably June before you finalize the budget. Have yeah. they talked about any new programs or any kind of additional things? Uh, the schools. I saw a piece on um, one of the cable t uh, channels w a couple of weeks ago where they listed at the for the schools, for instance, empty. They have vacancies on positions that are needed, whether they be English as a second language, whether they be special needs uh, teachers. Yeah. But if, if you would think that there would be enough. People graduating colleges as, as teachers, and and but but now you have people leaving the program, leaving the education because of the, you know, the stress and whatever. So even the more than willingly to pay people to have these programs, they can't fill them. You're right. You're right. Do you have complaints from people in your ward about yeah, that? Yeah. Well, I, I've I haven't had too many complaints from people in my ward about that itself. I've I've had more complaints of that like in city hall and uh and even on the council too uh because they're stretched they're stretched you got like you know how hard it was to get it they get a program to come in to do this <clears throat> over here at Bowden apartments because they've got you know they've got no workers i don't know what it is but it's like everywhere that way you know they don't have, people don't have enough help well, what kind of now you from your experience on being in the council before? Now, like I said, that's over ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. Are you get the same kind of calls or different calls? I mean, they, they, obviously they're going to be things that people concerned about in this day that weren't, weren't much of an issue before. Before the money was was tight, so what they were doing was that they were improvising sometimes in the school system just to balance the budget. Now they seem to have enough money to do what they need to do. Plus, they do some lectures that. They didn't do do before, but what kind of calls do you get on the school issues? Or, no, on any or any issue. I mean, I, you know, you get a, I get a lot of calls with the rodent problem that's going on. We've got that. It's that's a come up. That, yeah. Remember that came up last year. That was on television last night. Yeah, in not, City of Boston. Oh, I was just going to say that to you. I just yeah. saw it before I came to see you on yeah. the on the noontime news. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know it. I said, oh, as soon as I saw it, I go, oh, we're going to start getting a lot of calls on that. Yeah, yeah, it's a situation. I just was on Mill Street yesterday uh, talking to about four or five people over there, and, uh, you know, they were talking about um, the the yard waste pickup thing, which I guess is being re-looked at again, too, now, because so many people have been complaining about that. And what do they complain about the waste? Well, I, I think they wanted to cut it down. I think... Uh, they wanted to cut it down for, and, and not do any pickups during uh, during July and August. Who's, who's, that, who's that? And so you wouldn't get a pickup until like the second week maybe of September, I think. That's for rubbish? That's for, Well, that's for like yard waste. Oh, when yeah, you, you, oh, when okay. you mow your oh, lawn okay. uh, or your You better uh, pick tribute. up every week with the rubbish. <laughs> so, I mean, I, so, yeah. So I, I think it's something that they're trying to do, but, I, you know, I don't. I don't know if it's going to work, so I think they might put it back to the way it was. But uh, it's a no, it's a no big deal thing there. I think you know, but that's you know, uh, but I think people are, are complaining about yard waste because they're also complaining about the rodent situation. Which, by the way, Melrose and, and Medford are going through the very same thing we are right now too. And obviously, like you said, the city of Boston's going through it too. So it's not like, you know, hey, we're Malden, so we're exempt from that type of uh, activity and behavior. It's just, it's life, uh, you know. It's, I mean, can we do more uh, to, to uh, relieve this problem? By, yeah, control your trash a little bit better. Don't make compost piles behind your house. Because uh, we're too tight knit of a community to have that. Now, if you live in Topsfield or something, then 
Yeah, you can do that, but where we're so densely populated, you know, if I have a if I have a, uh, a compost pile in my backyard, of course it's going to attract you know mice and and rats. I mean, that's just the way it is. And then now you live right next door to me. You think they're not going to go cutting through your backyard? <laughs> Right? And the squirrels are in there, too. Yeah, they're all in there. A lot of rabbits you see in these days, too. I never used to see rabbits before, but you I don't see live a lot alone. of them. Uh, the, um, um, a couple of years ago, they had, a, they had a meeting, a public meeting at Lincoln Park. Yeah. And, there was a, and the issue there was the uh, uh, rodents. Right. And I thought the city handled it the best way they can because part of the problem was that the rubbish didn't have uh, containers, didn't have tops. So the, on a windy day, things would blow around and it would end up uh, scattering yeah. what was was put out. But then they came out with the new barrels. They put the covers on them. Uh, they came with covers, and I thought that that, that in some some sense uh, uh, did minimize some of the problems that yeah. were before. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, sometimes you drive by and you see people, they throw their trash out. The way they throw their trash out is like, it's trash. And they just, th you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got to be responsible from the time you put it, the trash inside wherever it needs to go. And, and then you're still responsible for it when you bring it out to the yeah. sidewalk and the street. Yeah. You know, people just throw it, ain't my problem no more. You know, it's, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I think that... That does help, and the other thing too is they uh, at that time I I was told that they uh, I don't know the proper verbs for it, but I, they bombed they bombed uh, so, some of the manholes uh, catch basins or something. So they, uh, which is very expensive by the way to do, but what they do is they they. They must bomb the source system. No, is that, that's wow. the city doing that? Or the or the, the public, city, the public, city, public utilities. No, the city, city, the city, city. did that already, yeah. and that quell, helped quell the problem along with what you were saying with the covers. Yeah. But here we are back at it again. I mean, it didn't it didn't wipe out the whole population. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they can really popular get popular real quick. You know, and uh, so. I think they that, breed a lot. They have a lot of yeah, They do. They they do. They do. And uh, rabbits do it too. Yeah, rabbits do. Rabbits do. I don't know, but people don't mind rabbits as much as rats. You know what I mean? You see a rabbit run through your yard, you go, "Oh, look at the bunny rabbit." You see a rat go through your yard, you're like, "What's going on here?" So you know, but it is a problem. But I I can say this: we've had several meetings on it since I've been in office. I know that Councilor Barbara Murphy headed up a committee. Uh, dealing with that as well. I have spoke to uh, Chris Webb, the Board of Health dir Director, on numerous occasions, and he and he's doing a good job too. He's he's uh, he's put these bait traps all around the city, and uh, and he did a lot down in our ward too because I was a pain in the neck to him. But they're these traps, and they count, you know, how many, it, it 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 disposes them and it counts them. So then what happens is then he gets a tally of where they are the most at, and then that's where they go and they bomb. And he's in the process of doing that. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, you know, the solution to that is you're going to spend an awful lot of money to get companies to come down. But what you said, like the utilities, they should, you know, companies, they, they should probably pitch in. That's a good point you just made. Well, with with my bill, they, do, they get more. I just got my 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 uh, my heating bill. Uh, they big pop up. I would think people will be complaining about that. That that goes back to what the expenses they incurred and and uh, things that have gone on in the past with the public utility. But another thing, um, it's been a, now. I don't remember what your salary was or the other city councilors when you left office at, at Ward Seven. It's the same. It, that, I thought it would it be. Yeah, it's been a long time. It Don't has. you think they should give a raise to the council? I certainly do. Yeah. And you know what's so ironic about that, Ed? When I first got in office the last time, back in 1998, the city council was making 10-5 at the time when I first got in. So uh, I think it was my second year, my first term. I think I was chairman of finance, I think. And... At that time, Richard Howard was the mayor, and he wanted to go from two years to four-year terms, and he wanted a raise, too, because he's like, I think at the time, I think the mayor made like $80,000 or something back then. 
And he's like, come on, well, yeah. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm working 60 hours a week, and, which was reasonable. And uh, What, does law practice? <laughs> what? Oh, no, no, I don't know what he does with that. I'm saying the mayor's job. <laughs> the, the, the city job, the city part of it. <laughs> and uh, so... And I felt the same way. I mean, I, I'll be, I, you know, everybody knows me. I say it the way it is, but I, I try to be as honest as I can, too. And I'm a hard worker. I work hard. I work hard for my neighborhood. I, you know, I, uh, I'm out there. I'm like 60 hours a week easy uh, doing stuff for my neighborhood constantly from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. I'm either making phone calls and trying to help this one or that one. I'm trying to create programs. I'm trying to redo the parks. I'm trying to get sidewalks and streets done, trees planted. I mean, I got folders to do folders like you wouldn't believe. So to me, and I, and I was doing it back then too, and I even had a lot more energy back then too. So I was like, yeah, that's fine. I go, but the city council... They should get a raise as well. So I initiated the going from 10-5 to 17-5 when I first got on the council back in like 98, 99. And it's funny, now I return to the council. It's making the same amount. And it looks like it's going to be me pretty soon putting that on the docket because I got to be honest. I mean, 17-5 a year for the, for the job that I do is just it's kind of... Unfair, a little ridiculous. Especially well, with all the communities around us are making more money, and I'm just as good as the city council as they are. Well, some of it probably goes back because I think in the in the past, since in the, in the interim when you weren't weren't in office, that uh, th there's been an effort on occasion, and I've spoken on on this show that I've done over the years. The mayor's salary has been the same for a long, long time, yeah. and that's because the mayor, for his own reasons, won't take a raise, and it, and it, it creates. Um, Maybe unfairly to, and, and although maybe it's well intended, but that um, it makes it difficult. Where if he were to get a raise, it would be, you could add the council in at the same time and maybe throw in the school committee for. Although they seem to be have to do less now than I they agree. used to. But anyway, the thing is, if uh, if you look at Everett or Medford or um, uh, Revere in terms of the city councils, they make. More money than more. I think Medford gets twenty five thousand, yeah. and there's also a stipend to uh, the council president in Medford, which I think makes sense even in Marlin. Yeah. Not a lot, but yeah. the fact that or chairman, it, it, well, it's work. It, uh, you kind of get into that part, but that's what they did in the state house. Now everybody's got a yeah, title, so everybody gets a second or third check. Yeah, but I get you. The reality is, uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, again, we've got all good intentions, perhaps. Uh, the way the mayor uh, is not going to stay there forever, and it, certainly when there's an open seat, which will sometime in the future, if nothing's done before then, it's very likely that you're going to have people who are going to go in office, and they and and they're, they're going to sacrifice financially to be mayor of a city because the, the I think the mayor's salary is just a little bit over a hundred thousand a year, and uh, I think if you went on the police department with the, with their overtime. Most of them, even the ones that just come new on the job, make more than the mayor of Malden, which kind of is inconsistent. So, and I think the council efforts in the past to, to raise the mayor's salary, uh, the, uh, he doesn't want to do that, so it, it, it goes by the wayside. So, it's kind of a, an, a, an unusual thing. If you look at what's happened over in recent years with the mayor of, of uh, Everett, <laughs> and uh, somehow rather. A ten thousand dollar raise over there at one time in recent years turned out to be ten thousand a year, and then they had some legal issues with that. And I, uh, uh, he was supposed to give back the thirty thousand he got for that ten a year instead of ten thousand for four years. Uh, he got one ten thousand each year, and I don't think he ever gave the money up. They're still going through a, a hassle with that, but that's a, that's a kind of a minor thing, but in one way, but. Um, you know, sometimes in fairness, you suggest, oh, gee, if there's a cost of living, there's other things. fact is, in the city of Boston, the city councils get $100,000 a year, 103000 Yeah, wow. And they get a staff. Of course, you can say, well, it's, it's a lot more people, there's a lot I more riches. But more than by virtue of his, of his diversity, has a lot more com complications and sometimes in the daily activity of people because you're dealing with a lot of people who are English is a second language, and it's a real, real, real issue sometimes. Although the city, in recent times, at City Hall, has diversified so that you end up uh, mm. ha hiring people who are f familiar with other languages other than English, and it makes a difference. Hey, I agree 100% with you. Ed. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, again, out there campaigning, knocking on doors, talking to people, 
You know, that's another thing. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I actually, when I could, I had brought people that spoke that language and did some interpretation and stuff, and into, at least just enough to introduce myself. Yeah. And, you know, and uh, you're right, though. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I see them to this day, but you know, I, but I, they know me from knocking on their door and right. recognizing. But yeah, I can't like sit with them and have a conversation or anything yeah. about it, you know, anything. So, um, yeah, you're right. You know, they, they, they should be doing, they should be, uh, do having something to that, to that effect at each one of the wards. I mean, I, I that, that would get expensive, but I, I, I do think if you do really need one though, you can, I think the mayor's office does have them up at city hall. So if I had a problem with a constituent, this is how I'd go about it. If I had a problem with a constituent that nobody could help me yeah. in the neighborhood on the language issue and stuff, I think that I, I would be able to call up to the mayor's office yeah. and say, oh. "Hey, I got. Can you can you give me a hand? Get somebody to come down." But you, but you're right. It, it, it puts serious roadblocks in front of you. Look how long that's going to take too, and everything else. But my thing with the uh, with the money is, look, at the end of the day. We don't run for the money, man. If you're good, if you're getting into politics for money, then there's something wrong with you because there's really there's not really anything there. You do it because you have the passion to do it. You do it because you have ideas that you'd like to see through. Uh, some people probably do it for power and other things too. I don't know. But the thing is, I can only speak of myself. And you know, I, I'm a hardworking, I'm a hardworking guy, and I, you know, I think I deserve, uh, you know, more than that. And the other thing too, Eddie, and is moving forward, right? I think what it does, it does the opposite effect because then you don't have, you, you limit those people that you are talking about, like people that are, have been successful, that ha are making twice that amount of money, so they would have to sacrifice to run for office, and. It, but if you keep squeezing it and making it so it's so ridiculous, then you're going to, like, exclude that group of people that might want to run for office. <clears throat> that and, like, social media. I say that to people all the time. I say, you know, social media, you can go on social media and you can pretty much say anything you want about somebody. And I think that's horrible. I, th I think that's terrible if, it, if, it, if it's not valid or true or whatever. And people can, you can really go on social media and just ruin somebody uh, very quickly. And I, my point that I'm trying to make is that when you run it for political office, you're putting everything out on the table. You and your whole, and you know it better than anyone else, Ed. You put it on the table and you're an open book for you and your whole family. And you take a lot of heat, a lot of heat at times. You take a vote that some people don't like not to run social media, calling you all kinds of names and everything else. So my point is it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. That's not normal to go through that stuff and, and have people, like, saying bad things about you and, uh, because they don't like the way you voted uh, one night or something. They don't even know you and know who you are. You know, I mean, I know you got free speech and everything, but use it the right way. What of a, what's a couple of the controversial issues that you you faced this past year of the council since you returned to office? No, I, I really, honestly, I really haven't had any controversies to be honest with you, Ed. I mean, I think that like, I think my experience of being on the council before helps me out a great deal. But like what you said, coming back onto the council, things have changed. It's a lot of different things. But, you know, but I don't mind the change. Because I'll be honest with you, like, I think I'm just as much as a progressive as I am a conservative. I like some progressive things, and I like some conservative things. Like what? Uh, I mean... <laughs> Like getting people involved, inclusionary stuff, uh, you know. That's the progressive part. That's, that is. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and some of the conservative things are, for me is, is like, you know, you just don't give away the whole store. You, I mean, look, you offer people help, but if they don't want the help, then they still can't do their bad behavior. Do you get do you get um, many – now, I'm driving through Ward 7, um, and now the – the part of Linda, part of Newland Street that's in the project down there yeah. is that a city uh, street or is that part of the? Is that's a city street. 
So the city's responsible for that. Yeah, that's all getting done. It's part oh, it of is. the plan, yeah. That, but, you know, one of the things about that, because I, I, I've had that same experience, the people that go in the plaza, Oftentimes used as a come oh, up, a, a, through the, yeah, that's the death zone. We call that the death zone. Well, right it's, it could be it could be a, a serious problem. Oh, you're absolutely correct. Although uh, my observation, because I take uh, sometimes if the weather's good, I'll, t- I'll walk in the neighborhood. Um, I don't notice as much in recent years that the uh, when you if you went down the Bowden Street apartment for walked in that area. Years ago, you'd have a lot of people seem to be with kids outside playing, but you don't have that, I don't know, anymore. Or if you're in Newland Street, there's not a lot of people outside. So they're either uh, indoors playing war games on the computer or they're, you know, the adult people are working or they're indoors for whatever reason. So you don't have a lot of outdoor activity going on. And I think that's true even in neighborhoods that aren't Newland Street. That, for instance, kids seem to tend to stay indoors more and... Isolate themselves. This this is even before the coronavirus. They right. just for some they reason made they it worse. they're they're their own best company, I guess. Yeah, I, look, at, I, I I think you're right at that. Newland Street is a lot quieter from when I grew up. Yeah, there, like seventies and eighties and early nineties and stuff. And um, it just it's just quieted down. I mean, people are just you know going to work, and and there's different culture too. You know, there's a lot of Asians that lived inside uh, Newland Street too, so their culture is a little bit different. True. They don't just hang outside in front of the house, and you know they either they go with their family to wherever their family may own a business and are working, and you know maybe at the aunt's house because both parents have to work, and uh, you know I, I you know I think that too. Malden does have a lot of recreational programs because I'll tell you, you know, when I go to these recreational programs to go see my nephew play, whether it's basketball or what have you, um, you go in there, those places are packed. Packed. Plenty of kids are all over the place. Spectators or kids? Kids. The kids involved in the program. Packed all over the place. Uh, and, And same thing, like I go down to Lincoln Commons. Uh, you know, you got people that are walking through there. You got some kids playing there because of the water uh, feature. But then you go to the skateboard park. That's usually always packed, too, when the weather's nice. The big kids are there. <laughs> those are the ones that are running, running those boards over there. Some of there. them are dealt, yeah. Yeah, but I don't have any problems over there. That's all I care about. Do you, you know? have com- any, many complaints about dog droppings? Yes, and I'm actually in the midst of, of trying to create a dog park right now. Uh, that's one of the other projects that I'm working on. It's that, it's that sliver piece that if you cut through, you know the cut through uh, to get over to Roosevelt right. from that area? That big ledge thing that's up in the back. Well, I, I kind of canvassed it a few times. and like the, It could be like a lower level that's right off the bike path. For you know, for people with smaller dogs and like a leveled area, and leave the rest of the whole mountain area up at the top, leave that natural, and just put fencing around it, obviously, so nobody falls off the sides. And that way, there, you know, people can take a walk up there with their dog, and you can actually watch a game. Your kid play a game at Kirsten Park while you're up there if you have the benches facing out. So we're looking at that right now to. Um, See if the, because the, they offered it one time before, the storage company there, that they were going to deed that piece of property, because you can't do nothing with it, to, uh, to the city. So it's, it, that's the piece that's in between uh, the charter school field and the, uh, uh, um, that walkway area where the storage containment place is. Quick it, question of bike, bike paths. Do you think that's effective? <laughs> I don't know. I, I you know. I don't I, see many people using. I don't. I don't. I don't either. I mean, the day that when we had the Easter uh, pancake thing, uh, Council of Winslow, and he had a whole bunch of people with him that they went down that path. Um, they came for breakfast at the, with the bikes. No, they didn't come. To, they didn't come to breakfast, <laughs> but they did like their annual oh. bike ride or something. <laughs> and there was there was. Uh, there was plenty of uh, there was plenty of bikers at that time. I mean, I, look, I I think that like the bike path is the spot. Well, on that note, we'll call it a, a show. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Counselor. <laughs> Thank you. Any of the other subjects we want to talk about, we'll save for another a later date. I appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on the show. Same here. And, uh, and the final word is uh, stay on the bike path only if you're p- better on the bike. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But pancakes are free, right? Pancakes are always free in the neighborhood. <laughs> you got it. Stay tuned. We're ready. We're going to do some more fun yeah. stuff, Ed. 
Don't forget all the things going on in the city the next couple of weeks. So uh, pay attention to the public announcements.